is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. More questions today about General Milley. Was the guy uh, committing treason? Was he taken out of context? The spin is going on, and the only question that a lot of us have today is, where is the truth? And the only one who knows it, apparently, is Millie himself. Good evening. Welcome to the show. The great one is off tonight. It is me, Rich Zioli, from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia, in with you tonight. Mark is off, of course, for the observation of Yom Kippur. So what I don't really understand about General Milley right now, and I think the reason why I, I, I tend to believe that everything that Bob Woodward wrote in his book, although Bob Woodward has so many inaccuracies over the years, but why I tend to believe it might be true is because Milley at the heart of it is a very woke general. You know what I mean by that. He's very woke. He's all in on things like the 1619 Project. He's all in on things like China's not our adversary. China's our buddy. I can only imagine what he thinks about the Taliban. This clip emerged of General Milley from a few years ago. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, a few months ago. It was right after the George Floyd killing. And he talked about how, once again, America's original sin begins in Jamestown 401 years ago. So he's all in on that New York Times fake project known as the 1619 Project, which, which Mark has done a great job of showing you and everybody else that that is a bunch of nonsense, historical inaccuracies, which is why Mark helped launch the 1776 Project. But if Milley believes that, what else does the guy believe? A guy who believes that probably believes that Donald Trump was, was crazy, was, was unfit to be president, was maybe not even a duly elected president. God only knows what the guy thinks. And so the idea that he would have picked up the phone and called China. And do you realize how close to World War Three we could have come because of this guy when he called up China to say, hey, listen, I think that uh, our president might be off his rocker. I mean, it depends on what he said, obviously. And there's lots of nuance between what Bob Woodward is saying, he said, and what the Pentagon saying, he said, and the Pentagon saying it was routine. And all these people today are trying to spin for him and say, oh, no, no, he was just trying to de-escalate things. He was worried about tensions getting out of control. Again, the reason why I don't believe that is because of who Millie is. He seems like a guy who would absolutely go along with the thinking of the left, which is Donald Trump was, uh, was erratic, unhinged, incapable of, of being in command. And also seems to me like the kind of guy that would have no problem believing that the military should usurp civilian control. Now, obviously, if this is not true, then, as Mark said last night, he's got one hell of a lawsuit against Bob Woodward and The Washington Post. No doubt about that. But assuming for a second it is true, think of what kind of a position he put the United States of America in. Imagine you're China. You get the phone call from him uh, letting them know that everything's going to be fine. That, uh, that 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 really it's going to be OK. He'll he'll let you know if uh, if the president does anything erratic. Now, China's probably thinking at that point, wait a second, is this a code here? Is this a, is this a, a hidden subtext of something we should be worried about? Then they might hang up the phone and think, are, are we going to is the United States going to attack us? Is this guy giving us a heads up? Or maybe China thinks he's doing this because the president is, is lost his mind. The president's out of control. President is, is erratic in the White House, talking to the pictures in the, in the West Wing and the Oval Office and the, and the residents and walking around like Nixon, talking to ghosts and everything. Maybe, maybe the Chinese think they've got to hit first. 
Maybe the Chinese think it would be self-defense. Maybe the Chinese think it would be a perfect time to invade India or Taiwan or anything else that China might believe. I mean, God only knows what could have happened if China took him seriously, if China believed that maybe this was there's more to this call than meets the eye. I mean, just imagine if the United States of America got a similar phone call from from Russia, for example. Russia called up Washington, one of Vladimir Putin's top guys, to say, hey, listen, just to let you know, uh, Vlad may be off his rocker, so if he does anything, we'll let you know. We'll call you first. It's all good. Click. You think the United States of America would, would, would breathe a sigh of relief over that? Do you think we would trust that? Or how long would it take until we're at DEFCON 2 and believing that at any minute now, Russia's playing a game and they're about to do something to us? I'm sure China probably thought the same thing. But also, let's think about this, too. Donald Trump had no intentions of attacking China or declaring martial law or any other things that they've accused him of doing. So where did Milley even come up with that? What, what, what was the need for him to think, I got to make a phone call to China and let them know that, no, actually, the president's not going to attack you? What would even make him think that other than he comes from a place that believes like Joy Reid or Joy Behar that Trump's unhinged and unfit to lead and unfit to be president? And slowly deteriorating, or maybe always was deteriorating, and thinks that, uh, well, because Trump has said mean things about China in the past, that makes just sense that he might just go after them, especially because I'm sure Milley also believed the other BS that was shoveled out there, that, that somehow Trump was a, was a Putin puppet and was only there because of Russia. So a guy like Milley, who believes in the 1619 Project, believes that China's not really our adversary, would absolutely, in my mind, believe that Trump would be capable of just going after China just for the heck of it or to wag the dog or to try to remain in office, because that was the other theory that was going around, if you remember from the left, that Trump would cause a war in order to stay in office. One of the many, many rumors that was spreading around and all the, the, the chattering class and the swamp and everything else, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was either that uh, Trump was going to declare martial law and not leave the White House, lock the doors, stay inside binge watch shows, keep the military around the White House the whole time or start World War Three and then use that as the guys to say, I can't leave. I got to stay because we're in the middle of World War Three. They talked about that all day long on MSNBC and the other shows with the geniuses. CNN, they postulized it all day long. So a guy like Millie would probably watch that stuff. He probably watches that. Anybody who believes that America's founding began on the shores of Jamestown 401 years ago. Anyone who believes in the 1619 Project, that that is actually our history, believes that America is a bad place, believes that we are inherently a racist country, and I can almost guarantee you believes Donald Trump is terrible and always did believe that. And he's a deep state guy and he's a swamp guy. And you know that he's one of those guys that believes that uh, that the military should have the final say in everything. That the civilian control of the military, when it's a guy like Trump, probably should never even be a, a question. They should always get the final say. So when you add up all those pieces, it comes to a conclusion that makes me believe, at least, that, yeah, probably that's exactly what Milley did. Called up China to say, I have no reason to think this, but, uh, but just so you know, in case anything happens, I'll give you a little bit of a heads up here. I'll give you a heads up. Because obviously, uh, since Trump has called it the, the China virus from day one, uh, and, and since he's commented about how, how China is our enemy and how, how China steals our intellectual property and China manipulates the currency and how, how the president has said China keeps encroaching on the South China Sea, all true, by the way, all things that are true, that he might just attack. So take it from me, we'll be okay.
Take it from me. Now, his counterpart in the People's Liberation Army is going to hang up that phone, and you know he's going to report it to his supervisors. It's not as if anyone in China in, in command of anything, or anybody in China for that matter, can just have a phone call with the United States, and then that's the end of it. There's probably 85 people listening in, in China, and then there's all going to be reports filed, and there's going to be lots of questions about what that means and what that means strategically for China. And, and, and when you think about that, and now you see how we botched this withdrawal in, Af in Afghanistan, the Taliban is now in charge. And what has the Taliban said recently about China? They've said China's their new best friend. China's their besties. They love China. China and the Taliban, they're like this. They're buddies. Does that surprise you either? Because I would think that China thinks the United States right now is so incredibly weak. And not only because of that botched withdrawal, but because our own generals call China up to usurp the president of the United States of America. And from China's perspective, where, where they believe in absolute strength all the time, nobody would ever dare undermine their president. Could you imagine somebody in China calling to undermine Xi Jinping and then living to tell about it? So the fact that the general would call them not once but twice to try to reassure them that everything's going to be OK, they hung up that phone and at, 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 at least they thought, man, the United States, what a bunch of wusses, what a bunch of weaklings. Then they see everything that plays out in Afghanistan and it confirms everything they thought, which is why China has been engaging in a lot of propaganda lately against us. A lot of propaganda. They told the people of Taiwan, hey, look, can't count in America. They'll say they got your back, but they won't have your back. Just look at what's happening in Afghanistan right now. Oh, China's been using all kinds of propaganda, propaganda against us. China goes on their state-run TV night after night and accuses the United States of America of censorship, of human rights abuses, of creating coronavirus in a lab. They do all these things. So now you got this general call them. And, and, and the other reason why I think it's true today is because of the spin coming out of Washington which is they're not denying it. They're trying to justify it. They're trying to justify Millie's call. If you listen to what they're saying today, none of them are saying, oh, Bob Woodward had it wrong or Bob Woodward's crazy or Bob Woodward's just fake news or anything like that. Washington Post, fake news. No. What they're all saying is, oh, well, I mean, sure, he probably had a phone call with China, but it's very routine, very routine for them to do it. And they're all doubling down on that fact. Nothing in the report would raise concern Kirby said today at the Pentagon, nothing I've seen would raise any concern. And over and over and over again today in Washington, you heard, oh, it's very routine. In fact, he might have just been trying to reassure China because uh, China might have heard a rumor that the United States might attack them. And, and they were just nervous. And all he wanted to do was just to just to calm them down. You know the way we can figure this out? An immediate investigation. That's how an immediate investigation into General Mark Milley and what he might have said to China. And if as if what the Pentagon said today is true, that these calls were staffed, then I assume there's a transcript. So let's see the transcript. Let's see it. Because if this really happened, at the very least, it means that General Milley should be fired. And at worst, it means he's a treasonous SOB who was trying to undermine the president of the United States of America. Because he believed, like, like the wackos on The View or MSNBC or anybody else, that Trump was unfit to be president. So what is it? How do we find out the truth? Very easy. We do an investigation. That's how. We do an immediate investigation on this, because if it is true, he cannot remain in this position. There's no way he can, despite what President Biden says of him. And that's the other thing, too. What I can't understand here, not the Bob Woodward, Robert Costa story, nobody's denied it. 
Nobody's really rebutted it. All they've done is spin it, trying to spin it to say that, oh, well, listen, I mean, he was just trying to do the right thing just to have a nice chat. Okay, well, then who was on the call? Who was on the call? And what did they say? What was said? We need to have the transcript. We need to see it. Remember the transcript with the call from the president and Ukraine? That transcript became the subject of an impeachment investigation, ultimately the impeachment of a president. So I want to know what was said. Let's see the transcript of the call. If it was a routine thing of a general talking to a foreign military leader and his staff was in the room and if he was just having a routine conversation, trying to lower tensions, there was nothing else to it. Great. Then where is that? Where is that for all of us to see? And if Milley was acting on the instructions of then Defense Secretary Mark Esper, well, then that should be easy to prove as well. If Esper had also directed the general now to back channel the Chinese to reassure them that the U.S. had no intention of seeking a confrontation, the question then becomes, what would make the secretary of defense believe that? Is that because Esper also bought the BS line that was being peddled by D.C. every day, which is that Trump was erratic, Trump was unhinged, Trump was going to start World War III just to stay and keep his job? It was Esper believing that, too. Remember, Esper's another guy who completely on the way out the door undermined the president and spoke to every single mediality possibly could. So these back channel communications, if they were routine, should be very easy to prove. But remember something, that's not how it's spun in the Bob Woodward book. In the Bob Woodward book, it's spun in a way that here was the Joint Chiefs of Staff chairman trying to save the world from an unhinged president who was going to start World War III, either to keep his job or because he was just insane. And Millie was the only one who could possibly save it. So then ask yourself then, who's lying here? Woodward's a pro. I mean, the guy's been reporting about Washington for 30, 40 years, right? And up until now, he was hailed as a hero. So... Does he have it wrong? Who's got it wrong here? The only way we can know is if there's an investigation. Immediately, right now. 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, with you from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. With a lot more questions and answers today about Millie and Esper and the whole gang. How about you? 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Let's see the transcript. Let's see the transcript so we can know once and for all. 
They said today that this was a routine call. Millie would have been staffed by 15 people. So surely somebody can come forward and they can explain, oh, no, no, listen, Woodward's got it all wrong. Got it all wrong. Millie was just calling up. There was some rumor. Ah, they thought somebody heard something on Twitter or something. China thought we were going to attack him. He was just putting their mind at ease. Ah, that's all it was. Okay, so who? Come, come forward, please. Because if you notice, and this is where I think it's the tell here. Because I'm a very cynical guy coming from Philadelphia, as you can imagine. Mark also from Philadelphia. So, you know, it's, it takes a lot to kind of BS us and get one over on us. And for me, the tell is that nobody is really denying what he said. They're just trying to spin what he said. There's a difference there. They're not, they're not actually saying that Millie didn't downplay the fact that Trump may attack them or start World War III or something like that. They're trying to spin it. Like, oh, this happens all the time. Generals are always just calling their counterparts around the world to just let them know the president's not going to attack them. Ah, routine. Very routine. Just today, China, tomorrow he'll call, I don't know, um, Zimbabwe, let them know, I have no plans to attack you, just letting you know in case you're worried, in case you're wondering about it. Just a reassurance call. That's all it is. Okay. Then that's, that should be incredibly easy to prove. In fact, it should have already been proven today so we can move on to other things. So at, at the Pentagon today, they should have had all the 15 people from General Milley's staff. He's still there. He's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. All 15 people should have stood up and said, I was on the call. I was on the call. And here's the transcript. And you'll see from the call, there's nothing in here about the, warning them about the president or saying we have to restrain him or questioning the president's judgment or any of those things. No, we just make routine calls to world leaders randomly, just reassuring them that we're not looking to attack them. That's all. Do it all the time. Where's the transcript? When, when, when President Trump made his call to the Ukrainian president, all we heard about was the transcript and Vindman and what was said and the call and everything else. So there has to be one, I would imagine, especially after all that. So you mean, wait, you mean to tell me that they impeach a president of the United States based on his phone call and the transcript, but then going forward, they're not gonna have other transcripts? Are people just that dumb? Something doesn't smell right about this. So where's the transcript? It's Rich Zioli in for the great one, Mark Levin. Coming right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. All right, it is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight in observance of Yom Kippur. It is me, Rich Zioli, with you from WPHT in Philadelphia. Great to be with you from Mark's hometown, fellow Levinites, 877-381-3811. You know, Mark's book has been number one on the New York Times bestseller list now for nine weeks. Nine weeks. Unbelievable. And he needs to get it to 10. We all do. Because quite frankly... When a conservative book like American Marxism gets to be on the New York Times number one bestseller list, number one, 
for nine weeks. It says a lot. It's something the media won't talk about. They'll cringe at the idea of it, but it's 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 amazing. I mean, he sold almost a million copies of this book. It's unbelievable. And thanks to you for doing that. So please, if you haven't bought it yet, if you want to get it for a gift for somebody, I would just love it if my friend Mark Levin could hit 10 weeks on the number one spot in the New York Times bestseller list. And we would all be incredibly proud if we did. And most of all, we'd stick it to the left by him doing so. Really, because all we hear about is that the only things that succeed in life are woke things, like woke, liberal, feel-good things, and that's it. And things like conservative media and talk radio and conservative books, ah, it's all dying. It's all dying stuff. That's spin that comes out of the left all the time, corporate media and everything else. And the best proof of that is the success of this show, the success of great talk stations like WPHD in Philadelphia, and American Marxism being on the number one New York Times bestseller list, the spot, the number one spot, the number one spot for nine weeks straight. So put them over the top and get into number 10, please. All right, we're talking about General Milley and whether or not this is true, what happened here. Now let's think about a number of couple things. Assuming that it is true, which I, I, I really tend to think it is, just based on the spin today and the fact that we have not seen a transcript. There are apparently 15 people on the call. And, and look, the deep state has hated him from day one, President Trump, I mean. The swamp, they've all been against him. And so... For my money, if this is true, then number one, you've got the civilian control of the military being usurped by the military itself. And that's a that's a, a borderline military coup. We cannot have that in this country. The commander in chief is a civilian elected by the people, period. And whether or not the general agrees with him or not is irrelevant. The president makes the decisions. I mean, would the left be cheering this on? I heard uh, Joy Behar on The View say that Millie's a hero because she stopped. He stopped the erratic, crazy Trump from starting World War Three. If the military had said to Biden, hey, listen, I'm Mr. President. Uh, we think withdrawing from Afghanistan right now with Americans on the ground is absolutely a uh, dereliction of duty. So we're not going to do it. We're not going to leave. We're going to stay. We're going to stay until each and every American citizen comes home. Would the left cheer that on? Would, would, would the Washington intelligentsia cheer that on? Or would they say, no, it doesn't work that way. We set the policy. You follow orders. We'll deal with the ramifications of Americans left behind and what that means for the world. Think about it. I mean, the military could have done that, right? They could have said, we're not giving up Bagram Air Force Base. Hell with you. We're keeping it. We're keeping it until we complete the mission. We'll decide when the mission's complete, not you. So it could work the other way around, too. Right now, you've got all these people on the left going, well, Millie, he, 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 I mean, the guy just might have averted World War III. What a hero he is. First of all, what if we did have to attack China? Does anybody ever think about that? What if we did have to do something? Not another realm of possibility. China's not our friend. China does a lot of really bad things in the world. So what if we did have to take military action against China? Now that Millie made the phone call to them, would they be expecting it? Would they be prepared for it, thinking that it's going to come? I mean, really, what if a week later some legitimate reason happened that the United States did have to take military action? Say the Chinese military was holding a boat hostage in the South China Sea of Americans or maybe shot on one of our of our of our ships and we had to do something. What 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 would Millie's phone call have meant in that situation? So the very easy way to figure this out is just release the transcript and show that General Milley was just routinely letting 
random countries know we have no intentions of attacking you. All right? Just letting you know. Also, selling Girl Scout cookies. Let us know. Because otherwise, what he did at the very least was to usurp the civilian control of the military. And at worst, he put us at the precipice of World War III. I mean, thank God nothing bad happened. Thank God. But it would not be out of the realm of imagination to think that China would have taken that call, hung up and said, guess what? Trump's nuts. Let's attack. Or guess what? Trump's nuts. He's going to attack. Let's strike first. Or now's the perfect time to invade. Or now's the perfect time to uh, claim the entire rights of the South China Sea. Whatever. All right, what do you think? 877-381-3811. Let us start with Jim. He's calling into the Mark Levin Show tonight. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Hey, good evening. You know, um, what the real danger here is, is that we've got a senior military officials, and I'll put plural there because he certainly had a lot of his staff that were colluding with him, that are also colluding with the political, with the governing political party. Um, you know, and that's like how how many steps or how many half steps is that away from Venezuela or North Korea or China? Sure. Yep. You know, I mean, pretty before you know it, we could have the military on the corners checking our vaccination papers to be sure our papers are in order. And, you know, this is kind of like what they're talking about, that this is like a reflection of the movie uh, The Dead Zone, where Martin Sheen was the lunatic president trying to, um, to um, if anybody knows that movie, it's Martin Sheen is the president, he goes berserk, and he sends off, he's forcing his generals to send off the missiles. Now, I don't see Trump that was anywhere near that, but again, the real danger here is we have our military officials, senior officials, colluding with the governing political party. That is, that scares me more than anything. It should. It absolutely should. And thank you for the phone call tonight to the Mark Levin Show. It absolutely should scare you. It should scare all of us. Because is the military in charge of this country or not? Who's in charge? That's what I want to know. Who's in charge of the country? See, again, I have to remind you that Millie is a very woke guy. You got to add up all the pieces together. It's like my dad is a is a retired cop. So he was a Port Authority police lieutenant. He was one of the heroes of Ground Zero. I'm very proud of the work that he and his recovery team, Romeo, did in the weeks and months after the September 11th attacks, uh, going into the pit, bringing out the remains of the fallen heroes and the victims of 9-11. I always remember my dad telling me, you know, you make a profile of somebody and it's uh, it's little pieces add up to create a caricature, a profile of somebody. And then you, you really can identify them. as. If Millie had not been a guy that was out there saying that America was rooted in racism based on the 1619 Project and that our real history started in Jamestown 400 years ago when the slaves landed on the shores. If he was not a guy who years ago said that China was not our adversary I might have a little more doubt here, but the truth of the matter is, is that when you add up all these pieces together, you start thinking to yourself, okay, there's a problem here. There's a problem. This is a guy who is, in fact, very woke. This is a general who probably would believe that Trump is unfit to be president and that he was doing the right thing by stepping in to let them know that he alone would stop Trump if Trump tried to do anything. He alone would stop them. Talk about a narcissist, right? Colleen is in Atlanta, Georgia. Hello, Colleen. You're on the Mark Levin Show tonight with me, Rich Zioli. Hello. Hello. Thank you for the call. 
Um, I just have to tell you, it is a fact. Poor Donald Trump was set up. That poor man was set up with all that is going on in our world today. For this to be the topic of that poor man, we, the borders, everything, and that draft-dodging midget in the White House, Let's the borders go, Afghanistan, he's not held accountable, nothing, nothing. And now poor Donald Trump going back, oh, was he having a bad day? Is he manic? This is deplorable. Donald Trump was set up by his own people. They set him up and they succeeded. It is a fact. It is a fact. Colleen, thank you. I appreciate it. I think from day one, the uh, and have a great night, the people in the government were trying to undermine Donald Trump from day one, probably because he wanted to get out of Afghanistan, for example. But think about where we are right now in the world and how weak America looks. I can't remember a time when America's looked this weak. Can you? I mean, you got to go back to the 70s, obviously. But the Taliban thinks we are a joke and China thinks we're a joke. Now, now let, let's I mean, go back to August of 2019. You have the military world games happening in Wuhan, China. Suddenly this mysterious virus gets out of a lab. Uh, Just a coincidence, right? For months, China lies to the world for months. The United States of America was was funding all of this gain of function research coming from the National Institutes of Health, the National Institutes of Infectious Diseases. And China knew it. And we don't take any action against them. We don't demand access to the labs. We don't do anything. For months after that, and they watch us all mask up and destroy our economy. Uh, at the same time, they know where the virus came from and they listen to us cover for them. They listen to the United States of America make excuses for China. They listen as the United States of America ignores the human rights abuses of the Muslim Uyghurs, of the of women, of children, of people that their political dis- dissidents. We do nothing about it. Our corporate media in this country covers for China. If you dare to say anything about it, they they scream uh, hashtag stop Asian hate your way, even though that has nothing to do with any criticisms of China. And then all of a sudden our generals start calling them to let them know that, hey, if anything goes wrong, we got your back. Don't worry about it. And now with the Taliban in charge of Afghanistan, China calls up the Taliban and says, hey, let's be pals. Let's be friends and mocks us on the world stage. How weak can we look to the world? We leave our people behind in Afghanistan. We let the Taliban be in charge. And you know what? You know what they said today in the Pentagon? I could not believe that. I mean, I could believe it. But State Department guys spent three minutes today trying to explain how we could not extend the deadline with the Taliban. I'll get into that in the seven o'clock hour here on the Mark Levin show. But three minutes today explaining how we could not extend the deadline with the Taliban. Couldn't do it because American troops would have been hurt. So we're also letting the world know we were afraid of the Taliban. We could not extend the August 31st deadline because we were afraid of the Taliban. I mean, we just look pathetic. We look pathetic. And this only plays into that. Because from China's perspective, they would never in a million years think it would be okay for one of their generals to call up the United States of America and undermine their president. It's the very definition of weakness. And all I can think of is from their perspective, what they must have thought of for that call to be made. Again, if it's true, they must have thought that that really means that Trump has lost it. And thank God they didn't hit us first. Thank God they didn't try something first. Maybe not. I don't mean a full out nuclear strike, but maybe they would have just tried something in the South China Sea just to test us. 
And maybe we could have lost lives because of it. Doesn't have to be global thermonuclear war, but it could have been something to test us, right? Thank God it didn't happen. Jason is in Brentwood, Tennessee. Hey, Jason, you're on the Mark Levin Show. How are you doing? A 20-year military veteran, I'm going to start with the following. Military officers are appointed by the appointment clause that gets their power from the president. And our oath of office specifically said the president and senior officers appointed above us. That being said, General Milley must be court-martialed. I'm not talking a civilian trial. I'm talking a military trial and a specific reason. If you do not do that, you're showing the military that they're in charge, not the civilian sector. He must be tried, given a fair military trial by a military people of his peers, and if found guilty, be forced to be reduced down to rank of E1 and processed out of the military. This cannot stand. If it does, what is the military going to be next other than a political puppet arm? Well said, sir, and God bless you, and thank you for your service. We appreciate it very much, Jason. Have a great night. 877-381-3811. Now, look, I'm going to I will absolutely maintain a little bit of doubt here because of the fact that Bob Woodward has screwed up so many things in the past. But my spotty sense tells me this is true. And the easy way to figure all this out, like I said, is to just show us the transcript. If the Pentagon says this was a routine call and 15 people were on it because the general had his staff there. Then easy, done, prove it, show us the transcript, and then we can all move on to something else, like figuring out exactly what happened with that drone strike in Afghanistan, right? But the fact that we're not hearing about that today, we're not hearing about a transcript, the fact that all they're saying is, oh, no, routine call, routine call, they're not denying it, really, they're really not denying it, tells me it's probably true. And if it isn't, Man, the lawsuit that General Milley is going to have against Bob Woodward in the Washington Post. He'll own the Washington Post after this. He will. He'll own it. Can they can change the name of it to Milley Post if it's not true. But I think it's true. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. My gut tells me it's that, you know, that Philadelphia Jersey instinct tells me there's something here. 877-381-3811. What are your thoughts on this? And could you remember a time when the United States looked so weak? Here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zeolian for The Great One, coming right back. Mark Levin. All over the world, our enemies are on the move. And in our own country, same thing. Things are tough between rising prices, election issues, a $34 trillion debt. But folks, there is good news. If you're smart, you can use these problems to your advantage. By making the right choices right now, you can keep your retirement money safe and even make more money in this climate. That's where Advantage Gold comes in. They're experts in helping Americans protect their savings with gold and silver. It's called diversification. Call Advantage Gold today, 800-900-8000. They'll send you a free 2024 gold and silver kit that tells you how to keep your money safe when things are bad. Tell them I sent you, and you may qualify for a special Mark Levin discount worth up to $1,300. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. See if you qualify for that special discount worth up to $1,300. That's 800-900-8000. Performance may vary. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professionals.
All right, here on the Mark Levin Show, 877-381-3811, getting a reaction to the story about General Milley calling China. Uh, Jesse is in Los Angeles, California. Jesse, go ahead. Go ahead. Hello? Yes, you're on the, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hello, start talking, please. Yes, hi, um, I think that uh, General Milley did... Yes, I thought that General Milley did the right thing. I don't think that we were going to have a a nuclear war with uh, China. I don't think China is going to provoke the United States in any kind of manner. And uh, so I think the point is mute. So so what do you think Milley did the right thing then? What what did he do? Hello? I think that he called his counterpart and he said that the United States is still stable, even though it's going through transition. Still stable. But why would it not be stable? Uh, because of the um, the way the election was done, the insurrection on January mm. 6th. And this mm. is no different than what happened when Nixon was leaving office during his uh, resignation. We called the, uh, the Vietnamese and said, hey, look, we're not going to do anything different. Oh, OK. So did we call did you think Millie called everybody around the world and just let them know everything was stable or just China? No, he called his one counterpart was China. Well, there's other countries in the world, right? Why does he have to call everybody in the world? Why? Why did he only yeah, call China? Because, but we're not. Well, why did not he only call China, China to let them know that everything was fine? All right, get off the phone. You, you can't explain yourself. Thank you for the call. Uh, the answer is it's not his job, first of all. It's not his job to do that. That's not his role. It's not his job. We have a State Department for that. That's number one. Number two, you just heard him say exactly what a lefty believes, which is probably what Millie believes, too, which is that because of the election, the insurrection, blah, 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 that any moment now, the United States could have done something. Trump could have done something. Just read between the lines there. Read between the lines of that caller. You have everything you need to know. On the uh, subject of Afghanistan, the Taliban continues to be in charge. Why couldn't we change the deadline to make sure that all the Americans were out? Simple question, right? Wait till you hear the obfuscation here on the Mark Levin Show. Don't go away. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. The question, of course, is uh, who's running the show, especially when it comes to Afghanistan? Why could we have not changed the deadline? To make sure we get all our people out. It's a good question, right? This is the Mark Levin Show. The great one's off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. Your fellow Levin, I with you tonight. Talking about a lot of issues, including Millie, of course. 877-381-3811, our number tonight. I'm going to play for you in a minute one of the uh, spokes hacks in D.C. spinning for three minutes about why we could not change the deadline to get everybody out of Afghanistan. Why we could not do that. And by the way, let me just address something, because one of the things that uh, frustrates me, I know it frustrates you, is whenever you get the whole, uh, ah, this is done to distract us. Why are we talking about this? We can talk about more than one thing at the same time. We really can. We can talk about the idea that a general might have tried to undermine President Donald Trump at the same time we talk about why the United States of America did not get all our people out 
and let the Taliban control things. And we can also do it at the same time we talk about how Biden is increasing the imperial presidency with his absolutely illegal vaccine mandate. We can do all the things at the same time. It's amazing how we can do that. As intelligent people, it's called multitasking. 877-381-3811. So on the issue of Millie, look, I just I think about how the left is just praising the guy and it makes me think it's true. Because I keep hearing people saying over and over again, whether it's Joe Scarborough or all these other people, they go, oh, he saved us from World War III. And the fact that Millie's a woke guy by saying, and I'll read you the quote, what we are seeing is the long shadow of our original sin in Jamestown 401 years ago, liberated by the Civil War, but not equal in the eyes of the law until 100 years later in 1965. We are still struggling with racism and we have much work to do. Racism and discrimination, structural preferences, patterns of mistreatment, unspoken and unconscious bias have no place in America and they have no place in our armed forces. And by the way, those are all the big buzzwords of the left. Those are all the work woke buzzwords, structural preferences, patterns of mistreatment, unspoken and unconscious bias. Maybe you've had to go through unconscious bias training in your workplace. Those are all the check marks of of a woke person. All those things. And the lie, of course, that America started in in, uh, the shores of Jamestown when we brought the slaves over. The 1619 Project. So a guy who thinks like that is absolutely in the mindset of somebody who is on Twitter today or on TV today saying, oh, Millie's a hero. He saved us from Donald Trump. It was a lunatic and a madman. That's why I kind of think it's true. And the reason why it matters, even though Bob Woodward has had many, many things wrong over the years, is because if it is true, we have to make sure that never happens in this country. Nobody, right or left, should ever want the military to override the commander-in-chief, especially when it comes to calling up one of our adversaries and letting them think that our commander-in-chief might be off his rocker. There's a process to deal with it. If the president really is off his rocker, we have a process. It's called the 25th Amendment. They can deal with it. But clearly, the vice president, the majority of the cabinet, did not agree with that assessment because at no point did they try to make a move to actually remove Donald Trump from office. And something tells me that if they really believed he was about to start World War III, they probably would have. But that didn't happen. So if Milley did this, then again, he's coming from the perspective of one of these crazy people on the left, which is, yeah, no, no, Trump's Trump's so ill. He's crazy. He's going to do something. He'll do something. So we got to do something to save the world. And then a narcissist like him thinks, I'm going to be the guy to save the world. A lot of answers. We need answers. We need answers to these questions. And I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt only because of how many times Bob Woodward's got it wrong. But I just asked the question, where is the transcript? Pentagon says 15 people from his staff were on the call. It was a routine call. Where are they? And where is the transcript? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to see. It's what I want to hear. 877-381-3811. Marty is in Kennett Square, PA. Marty, you are on the Mark Levin Show. Good evening, sir. Hey, Marty. Hello. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Rich. Hey, hey, hey listen, I, I listen to you pretty much every other day, you know, when I when I get an opportunity out here in uh, the Philadelphia area. Always a great show. Thank you, sir. But the fact that we're even having this conversation is really incredible because if, it, it, if this conversation happened, he should be court-martialed immediately. Uh, he's a traitor to our republic. And 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 enough of the, the nonsense of, of trying to make lightly of this. He's a hero. He's not a hero. 
He's a traitor to our republic. He's not the commander-in-chief. It's not for him to make those kind of decisions on his own and tip off a communist nation who is our enemy. Uh, a lot of people have lost their lives fighting communism in the past. And it's upsetting beyond how much I, I can't even say without really getting emotional about it. Uh, that uh, this guy is a traitor to our republic. And he needs to be dealt with. The transcript has got to be released. And he's definitely no hero. He's far from that. He's a traitor. Well, the left thinks he's a hero. The left thinks he is a hero who saved the world from Donald Trump. Well, the left thinks a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that it's right. And he's definitely, definitely, if it shows that he did this, he needs to be removed. He needs to be court-martialed, and he needs to be taken into custody and be dealt with by the military authorities, by the Uniform Code of Military Justice. That's what needs to be done with this guy. But he is no fool. He is not a hero. And the fact that they're even talking about this guy being a hero, it's backwards, it's upside down, and it's wrong, and it's not true. He's far from that. And I, and I know Thank more you, Americans than not mean know that. Marty, thank you, my friend. The only thing I disagree with is when you said that you listen every other day to my show. You should be listening every day. I also do an afternoon podcast as well with all the news updates, which comes at about uh, four or five o'clock. So you can subscribe to that, too. If you'd be so kind, I'd appreciate it. But yes, I am on WPHT in Philadelphia. Mark's hometown, as a matter of fact, where, of course, Mark, his show airs every night from 6 to 9 p.m on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. So it's an honor for me to be on that station uh, as well. Joe is in Champaign, Illinois. Hey, Joe, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Hey, uh, how you doing today? Doing well, Joe. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Uh, this Millie thing I've been thinking about a lot. So, you know, if it happened or not, it, to me, this does seem like a kind of a distraction. And I know you just mentioned this. And how we can think about, you know, multiple things at the same time. Uh, you know, of course we can. It's, I think it's their base that they're trying to take their minds off of Afghanistan. And they're trying to just shift the focus on this. And, uh, you know, the left is eating it up. And they're, they're actually celebrating this, which is bizarre. But um, I think either whether it happened or not, this is and quite a distraction, given that, um, you know, everybody's talking about, everybody's speculating. So it's like, you know, un until I hear it from Millie, I, I mean, I think we're all just going to continue to speculate. And I, I, unless I, I haven't seen this thing you mentioned about the Pentagon myself, so um, it sounds like it happened. But, you know, in, in, in that case, this shows his priorities, which indicates he's, you know, compromised as well. I mean, that's, he's like another Swalwell, but in, in, in charge of the military, which is uh, scary. So then it stuff. does matter, right? It does matter to our national security if this happened. It's not, this isn't a guy who's retired. This is where I disagree with anybody who's saying that, that this is a, a distraction of something. He's the joint 
chiefs of staff chairman. This is not a minor point here. He didn't retire. He's not enjoying his retirement on the beaches of um, of the Caribbean right now. And we're talking about something that may have happened in ancient history here. The guy's still there. So if he did this, do you, do you not agree that we need to deal with this? Because it's very, very possible oh that God. he might have done other things or or maybe he would uh, usurp this commander in chief. Who the hell knows? Right. Right. And, you know, it, something that popped in my mind about this. Have you ever seen a uh, Dr. Strangelove? Long time ago, but yeah. <laughs> With a crazed military guy who, like, orders the nuclear. I don't know. The the whole thing reminds me of that. But, uh, yeah, of course. This, he needs to be, like the previous caller said, court-martialed. You had that, you know, uh, pro-China caller before that was uh, <laughs> just regurgitating the media talking points. And, um, you know, one more thing I wanted to mention. You, earlier you mentioned something about Chinese propaganda uh, that's like, you know, anti-U.S. that's taking place in China. And, mm-hmm. and, and um, I heard I heard something great on uh, the Megyn Kelly podcast earlier, uh, you know, that they're trying to demoralize. They're trying to uh, attack our moral standing by like through this propaganda. And, you know, they compare like the, they'll never face their own human rights abuses and they don't have to. to. Nobody holds okay. them accountable. They don't have to. Joe, thanks for the call and have a great night. I appreciate it. Uh, they don't have to hold their, their their address their own human rights abuses. In their mind, they're not abusing anybody. China doesn't care about people. Look, I'm going to address this Afghanistan thing because I've had a number of tweets about this, too. As ah, a distraction against Afghanistan. Actually, it's not. It plays right into it. The Taliban and China are linked together. Because we left, and we left in such a uh, in such an embarrassing way. China's filling that void. China's probably going to take over Bagram Air Force Base. China's going to help the Taliban with whatever they need in exchange for minerals and raw materials and anything else that they need. And the idea that China views us as weak, this is just one more reason why China would view us as weak. And I think it all compounds together. It really does. It all compounds together. If a general calls up China and and essentially now undermines the commander in chief, China takes that information and thinks, well, the United States is is weak, just like we thought they were. Then China sees us bungle up this absolute failure of an evacuation from Afghanistan, leaving our people behind. China thinks we're weak again. it, It all plays together here. It's these are not separate issues. And. I have to think to myself that if this is true and China got those phone calls and believed that the military was willing to undermine the president of the United States, that they might think to themselves they might do it again. There's lots of things China may think. They may not just think this is about Trump. Remember, to MSNBC, Trump's crazy and this is a one-off. And this guy just saved the world. From China's perspective, this may be more emblematic of a deeper problem that is an opening here for them to attack and exploit, which is what they always do. So I'm sorry, this isn't over. This isn't something that Woodward may have written about. And if it's not true, it's no big deal. If it is true, it's no big deal. This guy is still the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. China is still there. Last time I checked, still our adversary. And America still looks weak on the world stage. No, this very much needs to be dealt with. This is not a distraction. This is an immediate threat. 
to our republic that absolutely needs to be addressed. And we should and we will. 877-381-3811. Here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, coming right back. Mark Levin. Uh, the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, with you. Great to be with you tonight. And uh, yes, it is a uh, fantastic night of conversation. 877-381-3811 is the number for you to weigh in tonight on uh, all these issues. And we're talking about Millie and why it matters, and it really does matter because he's still there as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And remember the allegation. He called China after the events of January 6th to let them know that Trump would not start a war to remain in power. That's not his job. Even if that was what the government decided needed to happen, that's not his job. And I don't think anybody told him to do it. I think this was Millie doing it all on his own. Very, very dangerous, no doubt about it. Uh, Let us take Carolyn's call. She is in Wyoming. Hey, Caroline, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Um, I am uh, calling because in regards to this Millie incident, um, during the impeachment hearings for Donald Trump back in October of 2019, there was a U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. Her name was Marie Yavankovich. She also stated in in her testimony that she chose to not follow the instructions of the Trump administration because she didn't agree with what he was was doing or saying or instructing. And nothing, there's nothing happened to her. And even the, uh, there was a, uh, a military person, and they tried to, I don't know, kick him out of the military, whatever they did, he, he also served no consequences whatsoever. These, these people have to stop sometime. And I don't know what it takes to stop them, but it's got to stop. The lies, the cheating, everything. Yeah, you're you're right. It does. It needs to stop. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, and it's been going on for a long time, Carolyn. And thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it to the Mark Levin show. And remember something, too. The transcript is the answer to all of this. What happened with Trump and the call to Ukraine? Transcript. They went through that transcript and they said that this is impeachable. They impeached the president of the United States based on the transcript. How come nobody's asking for it today? How come nobody wants to see the transcript today? Nobody. Because I think they know it's true. That's why I think they know it's true. And this is bad news. And for everybody out there who thinks that this is OK, again, I'm going to ask you the question I asked earlier. Would you be OK if the military said to Joe Biden, we're staying in Afghanistan? Now, we're not leaving. We're staying. We're staying because we're going to make sure that everybody gets home. So you're not going to take us out. We're going to stay. So we are going to we appreciate your thoughts, but we got a job to do. So uh, we're not giving up Bagram Air Force Base. Would you have been okay with that? No, not so much. Right. How come? Because that would be the military usurping the civilian commander in chief. Whether or not they should or not, it's really not their job. This is the reverse. This is this is Millie now potentially now from the left perspective. 
avoiding World War III. But Trump wasn't going to attack China. It never happened. That's the other part of this nobody's talking about. It wasn't going to happen. It didn't happen. But he thought it would because he has that same woke mindset that all these lefties have that are defending him and applauding him today. 877-381-3811 on The Mark Levin Show. What's next in COVID straight ahead? Simply the smartest man on radio. And you can call him 877-381-3811. You know, the other uh, question tonight here on the Mark Levin Show is, uh, why couldn't we have changed the deadline to get out of Afghanistan? Why could we have not have moved it? It's great to be with you tonight, fellow Levinites. It's me, Rich Zioli from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia, WPHT. And uh, I also do a podcast every afternoon as well. Just uh, search for it, Z-E-O-L-I. Great to be with you. You know, uh, Afghanistan, we could have left. We could have left whenever we wanted to. Because the message to the Taliban should have been, we leave when we're damn well ready to leave. That should have been the message, period. We leave when we're ready to leave. Not we have to leave because we're afraid. See, all of this works together in tandem for one big overarching theme here of the Biden administration, which is America looks weak. We look weak in front of the world. The weakest I think we've ever looked, at least in a very, very long time. And when you hear the Pentagon spokesperson today or the State Department spokesperson sit there and go over and over and over again and trying to explain to everybody how, well, there's nothing we could do. We had to leave when we left. There's nothing we could do because uh, the Taliban would have hurt us. This is three minutes. Now, I know we never play clips this long here on the Mark Levin Show. But for three minutes now, State Department spokesman Ned Price refuses to say, this is a remarkable clip, it really is, refuses to say if the administration ever raised the possibility of extending the deadline from August 31st with the Taliban. All right? We know that we have maybe a thousand Americans left in Afghanistan. We also know now that there's money attached because for a while people were asking, why wouldn't the Taliban let everybody leave? Help everybody get to the airport, get them to the Kabul airport, get them a Cinnabon, send them on their way and be done with it. And we heard story after story of Americans being stopped at Taliban checkpoints. I know this personally because my friend Ryan Mannion, who's the president of the Travis Mannion Foundation, an incredible service organization geared around our service members. She called me to, on my show in Philadelphia to say, Rich, I'm working with a Marine on the ground. We had to work with a, to get a family from Philadelphia, a family of four, around Taliban checkpoints because they showed up. They've got their American passports and the Taliban's turning them away. So we had to work to get them, get them out. And you've heard this now, these various different things that are happening, digital Dunkirk Service members using GPS here in the United States, working with their counterparts in Afghanistan to get Americans out of the country. Why wasn't the Taliban getting everybody out? The answer is because there's $64 million earmarked for aid for Afghanistan. Now, who's going to get that money? The Taliban? No, not officially, of course. The United States of America would never give them the money up front. But... We can certainly find ways to get the money to them through various aid groups. And why would we do that? Because they're holding Americans. That's why. Because they have Americans. No, it wasn't going to be a situation where they necessarily cut their heads off on 9-11 in some sort of show of jihad. Although, don't rule that out. 
But what they want is the money, and you got to follow the money here. I mean, Senator Rand Paul brought up this point yesterday when he was uh, when the Secretary of State was before his committee, and he said to him, "So what's going to happen to all this money? It's earmarked for Afghanistan now. You're going to give it to the Taliban? You're going to do aid and comfort to the enemy, or not?" And of course, Blinken sits there. Wow, I just, I mean, blah 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 blah. And now it makes sense, right? Why the Taliban would keep Americans behind? Why they wouldn't want to see everybody get out? Because for the longest time, people were asking that question. No, listen, they want everybody out of there. They want to turn the page and get Americans off of their land once and for all. They want us gone. And yet they weren't getting everybody out. Yet they somehow managed to allow a terrorist attack to happen. And don't tell me after we lost 13 service members and the Haqqani Network guy is now in charge of the government of Afghanistan, that the Haqqani Network, which is buddies with ISIS-K, the Taliban did not facilitate that attack. I will not believe it. I mean, just yesterday they asked the Pentagon guys, the State Department spokespersons, they asked Blinken, they asked him all the same questions. Do you think it's possible that al-Qaeda and the Taliban could become buddies again? Oh, yes, very possible. In fact, they already are. So think about that and understand why it is the Taliban would turn away Americans from their checkpoints. And, of course, never admit that. And the hacks at the Pentagon would not admit that either. It's because they want the money. They want the money. So why could we not have said to the Taliban, listen, we're not going to leave until we get everybody out. We're the United States of America. We're the world's strongest military. And we're going to stay until we get everybody out. And I'm sure you'll understand that. We'll be very reasonable about it. But we're going to stay until everybody's out. Why couldn't we have done that? So for three minutes here, three minutes, State Department spokesman Ned Price will not answer this question. This is courtesy of Gravian. Take a listen. Suggest that you actually raised, raised the idea with the Taliban, because the impression that we're getting from the White House, from you, from the secretary, from General, uh, from Secretary Austin, is that you didn't even raise the issue with the Taliban about possible renegotiation, even for a, a minor uh, amount of time, because the president had basically decided already that he was going to keep to the withdrawal on that timeline, and the president, no matter and, what. And the president came to that decision, but so no, did, knowing what the consequences would be. Well, of, how did he know of, what the consequences would, would have been if Zal or someone else didn't actually raise it with the Taliban and say, hey, what do you think about if we renegotiate? Did Matt, that actually happen? We've had, and did, did, did and, that, and did that ever the, happen? The, secre the, the secretary referred to this yesterday in his testimony that Barbara just read. Did, did it ever happen that you brought up with the, you keep saying, well, we are under, we're under the distinct impression that, or our understanding was that, well, did you directly raise it with the, the Taliban? The Taliban made it very clear to in us. In response to what? The in, in the context of diplomacy and discussions, to, the to Taliban made it very clear to us that if the United States would seek uh, to renege on the agreement, uh, that uh, they would not continue to, ab to abide by the commitment that they had made. don't even try, so you never did, right? Is that right? Uh, it was made very clear to us that there was no ability to renegotiate an agreement that the last administration signed on to that stipulated quite clearly that if American troops remained on the ground, that they would once again become the subject uh, of attacks and so aggression. So it was never raised with them, the possibility of, a, of, of renegotiating. Matt, I'm telling you, they, I'm telling you they made because it. I'm telling I you. know that they made it clear, but did they make it clear in response to you bringing it up, or did they just say, don't even think about it, I'm, and then you guys said, okay, we won't. 
I'm, I'm not going to detail uh, the diplomacy. What I will tell you is that uh, we were very confident that if our troops remained on the ground uh, past that deadline, uh, that they would be subject to uh, the sort of targeted violence that this president uh, and others in this administration were not willing to risk or even countenance. Now, let's stop it right there for a moment. Think about that now. Here we're saying to the world that we're afraid of the Taliban. United States of America, strongest military in the world. We're afraid of the Taliban. So we don't tell the Taliban, hey, listen, we're staying for another week. Back off. No, no, we have to run out of there because we're afraid of what they could do to us. They might hurt us. And we're going to tell the world that, too. We're going to project that to the world. Let them know that we're afraid. That's how strong the Taliban is. See what I mean about the whole theme of the show tonight has been how we look weak in the world and our adversaries like China are going to take advantage of that. And I don't want war any more than the next guy does. But the whole idea that our adversaries think we're weak is not good for peace. Not good for peace at all. Remember Reagan? Peace through strength. They think we're tough. They don't mess with us. Well, they don't think we're tough right now. Not only do you have this knucklehead general possibly call them up and tell them that, well, don't worry, we'll make sure the president doesn't do anything, which in and of itself looks weak, that he would ever go around the president like that from China's perspective. But here we're telling the world, well, listen, we know we had Americans on the ground, but you have to understand we couldn't do anything because the Taliban was going to hurt us. And we don't want to get hurt. We don't want to be, be hurt by the Taliban. And also he's saying this, and this is really even a bigger disgrace if you think about it. He's saying this after the fact of 13 American service members were killed by a terrorist attack on the ground in Afghanistan. So what he's really saying to the world is we got hit once and uh, we'll probably get hit again. So we had to leave because that's how weak we are. And also because we can't trust the Taliban, even though that same Taliban is now in charge of getting all our people home. So on the one hand, you have to realize now they're real tough guys. And uh, they told us we had to leave and we had nothing we could do about it. Yes, we're the world's strongest military in the world, but there's nothing we could do but leave. And also, they're our besties and they're going to get our people home because they're our best buddies and we trust them. See the mixed messaging here and why our adversaries are, are laughing at us right now and mocking us? This guy should never be saying this stuff in public. He should never be saying this. If anything, he should say, no, we wanted to we, we were going to leave no matter what. Now, we weren't afraid of the Taliban, please. We told him, back off, pal. But he's saying the exact opposite. It's almost as if the Biden administration wants to look weak. Do you ever feel that way? It's like part of the Barack Obama atonement plan. Just to, just to make America pay for its sins, which, again, Milley thinks we were founded in sin. He's one of those guys, General Milley, from the 1619 Project. So he thinks we were founded in sin anyway. It's almost like one of those things where in order to fully atone to the world, now we're on the stage where this is the five stages of grief. Now we're on the stage where we tell the world we're just totally weak. At every single turn, our generals undermine our presidents. Uh, the Taliban tells us when we have to leave, not the other way around. We abandon our people. Again, it's not good for peace if our adversaries think we're weak, because unlike us, they actually don't care if people get killed. They don't care if there's war. China has a lot of people, way too many people. They're OK with losing some. You might have you might have heard that before, right? 877-381-3811 on the Mark Levin Show. But he's not done yet. He's not done spinning about why we couldn't stay. He keeps going here. Keep going, please. To renegotiate it? Christina, I'm, I'm 
not speaking to the ins and outs of the diplomacy. This is not I, ins and outs. This is like a basic question we're trying to get the answer to. Either they didn't do it, as, as Matt just said, either they didn't do it in reaction to you asking or, or you didn't ask because you didn't think it was an issue. Can you just tell us which one of those it is? The, the secretary spoke to this yesterday. Uh, we were... We were had every reason to believe, and if you look at the Taliban's own public statements, you would have every reason to believe that American troops would have been uh, the target of violence once again uh, if we did not adhere uh, to that deadline that the previous administration signed us up to. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We would get hurt. And still blaming Trump, by the way. Even though the deadline that Trump put in place of May, they did move to September 11th and then back again to August 31st and then back again to August 30th. So he's lying because they did move the deadline. But he's also not lying because the Taliban would have hurt us. And this is the same administration that for months told us that the Taliban would never be in charge. Remember, they weren't they weren't going to take over the country. Remember Biden back in July? Come on, man. They don't even have an air force. They do now. We gave it to them by leaving behind our planes and our helicopters. But that's what they told us, right? Come on, man. Taliban's got 300,000 active troops. They got, uh, I mean, the the Afghan army's got 300,000 troops. Taliban, they don't even have an air force, man. Come on, man. And then little by little, the Taliban was going from city to city and claiming it in province by province. And the Afghan president told our president and said, listen, Mr. President, if you don't do something, this is in July, the Taliban's going to take over here. What did Biden say? You need to change the perception to the world that the Taliban is winning. And he said to him, but they are winning. And if you don't give us an air cover, they're going to win. And they did win, even though we told the world that would never happen. And then all of a sudden we went from a position where we said they could never, ever take over the country to we had no choice but to leave when they told us to because the previous administration put a deadline in place and they were going to hurt us if we didn't keep to that deadline. These people are all over the place trying to spin and justify their failure on this all over the place. And all it does is make America look weak. Nobody in their right mind would have ever believed for a second as much as you wanted it to be out of Afghanistan, even if you wanted us to, to leave this country once and for all, that we would do it in this manner. And you know what I'm really tired of hearing? I'm really tired of hearing people saying Biden ended America's longest war. No, he didn't. We weren't at war in Afghanistan. There had not been a war since 2015. We had been there on essentially a, an anti-terror mission, a peacekeeping mission, if you will. We weren't actively at war. There was no active war going on in Afghanistan. Joe Biden brought the troops home, but he didn't end America's longest war. You could say he ended America's longest occupation, but that wouldn't even be accurate either. But this is part of the spin, though, to acknowledge the absolute failure of how we left Afghanistan. They have to spin it by saying he ended America's longest war, and he did not. He most certainly did not. There was no war to end. Not in 2021, there wasn't. But let's tell the world, let's broadcast to the world that we had to get out of there on the Taliban's deadline because we were afraid of the Taliban. All that does is boost the Taliban and all that does is boost our enemies and make them think we're weak. And that is not good for peace. 877-381-3811 here on The Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. Mark Levin.
Mark Levin Show, talking about Afghanistan, the Taliban, General Milley. So many questions tonight, more questions than answers. But I still maintain to you that all the answers with Millie can be found in the transcript of the phone call. The beautiful, perfect phone call. Let's see the transcript. Let's see it. It's all we ask, right? It's all we ask. Uh, Let us go to Carla. She's in Alabama. Uh, Hello, Carla. Welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Hi. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. What's on your mind? Yes, um, I totally agree with you about Mark Milley. Um, I believe, yes, he is woke, unfortunately, from the day, you know, he gave that public apology, you know, for standing with Donald Trump at that church. And from when he stood by Biden, every step, you know, every step of the way during this horrible Afghanistan exit And then when he testified, you know, this is the first time I've ever heard of white rage. (laughs) He wants to know about white rage. You know, I don't put anything past anybody who works with or for Joe Biden. I mean, I believe the more corrupt they are, the more power they get. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, there's no there's no the corruption of these people is it's it's unbelievable. And remember, the motivation for uh, Millie and I think and Carla, thank you for the call tonight to the Mark Levin show. Appreciate it. Have a great night. I think the motivation for Millie, too. And this is something you have to remember. What do you do when you leave the military? There's lots of options. You can go make money working for a defense contractor. You can you can do lots of things. But what about that nice gig on CNN? Huh? You know what I mean? Nice gig on CNN, MSNBC, write your tell-all book. And if you're somebody who went against the president to just make sure that because he was he was he was crazy and you're going to make sure to save the world from him. Oh, are you kidding me? That CNN would love that. They would love it. And look, whether or not it meets the legal definition of treason or not, it's treasonous. But He'll find a job on the left, on TV, no doubt about it. Hour number three on The Mark Levin Show, coming up. Don't go away. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Biden is once again, once again expanding the powers of the presidency with absolutely no authority, but the good news is... The American people don't like it. I'm talking about his vaccine mandate. Good evening. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. The great one's off tonight. Observation of Yom Kippur. It is me, Rich Zioli, with you, your fellow Levinite from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia, where I am on WPHT in Philadelphia. Also do an afternoon podcast. Please subscribe to it. Z-E-O-L-I. Just search it. So Biden announced this vaccine mandate, and uh, it's it's absolutely insane what he wants to do here. And he doesn't even really want to do it because he knows it's not going to survive judicial scrutiny. But that's not the point. Remember why he did it last week. He did it on Thursday before the 20th anniversary of September 11th. You want to talk about distractions. You want to talk about getting people to talk about something else. Biden wanted so badly to change the subject 
from September 11th and what it means that we abandon Afghanistan with Americans still on the ground, that he announced a vaccine mandate. And look, I'm vaccinated, so it's not about being anti-vax. I'm anti-presidential abuses of authority. That's my thing. And there's no shot for that. There's no inoculation for that. The only thing we can do is call it out and try to rein it in. It's all we can do. And the powers of the presidency have been expanding radically, drastically for years. And one of the things that Mark talks about all the time, and he mentions it again in American Marxism, which, by the way, nine weeks Nine weeks, number one New York Times bestseller. And Mark said to me before the show, he said, he said, Richie Z, I need you to help me get it to 10 weeks. And I said, we can do that. So please, if you haven't bought a copy yet of American Marxism, if you're thinking about getting it for as a gift for somebody, a young person who you want to educate because of the indoctrination they're getting all the time, get it. You know what? If you already bought it, buy it again, because I'll tell you why. It helps all of us. To be number one on the New York Times bestseller list for nine weeks, and then we hit 10 weeks, what does the left always say? What does corporate America always say? Ah, oh, conservatism doesn't sell. You got to be woke. Woke sells. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. There's a reason why conservative talk radio does well. There's a reason why Fox News does well. There's a reason why Mark's books do well. And so I think we can get it to 10 weeks on the number one New York Times bestseller list. Number one on the New York Times bestseller list. I have no doubts we can, and we will. <clears throat> But one of the things Mark always points out is the fact that what the left wants to do to achieve Marxism in America is to radically expand the powers of the federal government so that the states don't have any ability to to rebut it, so that you have no ability to rebut it, not on your local level, not on your school board level. It all comes top down from the federal government. That's what they do in Marxist countries around the world. It's all top down. Not a lot of local control on the ground in China or Russia or Cuba or any other Venezuela, any other country in the world. And you notice how more and more of us are losing our say in our in our most basic local government. Think about it. The school board that used to be the most local of governments, really. You, you're not paid for the most part. Most of the time, it's not even political. Just a mom or dad running to just do the right thing and be on the school board. Now it's the single most political place on Earth. With the, uh, the critical race theory, the 1619 project, which Millie, by the way, supports. And you've got parents now who are pushing back on this. And then with all the COVID nonsense and kids have to wear masks and, and everything else that's going on, the indoctrination that happens at the earliest age of our children and the top down mindset that comes from Washington or from the state capital is always that you as a parent should have no say in these matters. This is why mandates do not work, because we don't like to be told what to do. And Biden failed. Biden failed at, uh, at persuasion. So what do you do when you fail at persuasion? You come around with a mandate. And I'm sure you heard, and I know Mark played it for you, the montage of Biden and Harris and all the other people saying over and over again, oh, no, 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 we don't have the authority to mandate that. We can't mandate that. Of course, you also heard them time and time again as they downplayed the vaccine, as they created vaccine hesitancy. By saying, I'm not going to take this Trump shot. What are you, crazy? But why is Biden doing this? He's doing this because he needed to change his subject from Afghanistan right before September 11th. He could have waited. Could have done it Monday. Could have done it Monday, September 13th. What was the what was the, what was going to change much between Thursday and Monday? Nothing. He wanted everybody to fight about a vaccine mandate. 
on social media. That's what he wanted. And we found out this week that, yes, there is a, a method to the madness of social media. It's probably why Mark got out of Facebook and Twitter and went to Parler and Getter, because uh, Facebook pits us against each other. It's what they try to do. It's how their algorithm works. They pit us against each other and we fight. And what Biden wanted to do is he wanted to come up with something that was so controversial and so divisive that we'd wind up fighting with each other all weekend and not even really paying attention to what's happening on the ground in Afghanistan as we are recognizing the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Was he successful? I don't know. Luckily, I don't think so. I think a lot of people saw through it. I really do. Based on polls that come out today, a majority of Americans do not agree with his vaccine mandate because they think he failed. His job was supposed to be to persuade people to get the vaccine, not mandate it, right? It's what he said. He said he didn't even have the authority to mandate it. And all of a sudden, the mandate comes out. People don't like to be told what to do. They also don't like the fact that Biden thinks he can just claim this power out of thin air. Where does he think he gets it from? OSHA? OSHA. That's where he claims his authority comes from. And that's what he's going to try to mandate. I tell you the other reason why Americans don't like it. Want to know why? Because corporate America loves it. That's why. Oh, they're all in. They can now pass the buck to Biden and go, well, we were not going to mandate it here in our company, but, you know, our hands are tied now. President Biden said we have to do it, so we have to do it. People see through that, too. They see through it. Nobody likes that. People have lots of different reasons for not getting the vaccine. But no matter what, they don't want to take it because somebody tells them that they have to. Nobody likes that. It doesn't work. Persuasion is the only way you can do it. And whether it's prohibition or it's uh, you see with the war on drugs, you see with all kinds of bans, you see with mandates, you see it all the time. People are going to do what's in their best interest. They always will. They always have. It's what we believe in America. It's what we believe as conservatives and libertarians. We believe that. People will make the best decisions for themselves and their family. They always will. The only time they won't is if the government gets in the way. And what Biden is doing here with the expansion of the presidency, the powers of the presidency, if he's not stopped now, then once again, we will have lost the ability to check the president of the United States from just creating powers out of thin air. And it doesn't matter even if you agree with it or not. It doesn't matter. Because everybody from Fauci to Biden to Harris to Pelosi and everybody in between all said the same thing. Can't mandate a vaccine. Cannot do it. Got to be by persuasion. We're also finding out now, too, more and more that they lied to us. They lied to us about the origins of COVID-19 in the first place. So it's very difficult to trust people that on one hand told us they couldn't mandate it. Now suddenly they can. On one hand told us they wouldn't trust the vaccine themselves. Now they mock and besmirch anybody who even dares to question it. And then it's very hard to trust them when they lie to us about the origins of COVID-19 in the first place. And we find out that not only did they lie about it, but they lied about the money, the money that paid for all this, the gain of function research funding. Lie about all these things. And we see right through it. We see through it. And that's the good news. But, you know, in Virginia, they're crazy. They are. The school districts, and I know Mark talks about it all the time, Loudoun County, Virginia, and all the nonsense that they're doing there, and the, and, and, and the wokeness, and the, and the curriculum that they're trying to shove through, and, and all the nonsense that they're doing. And local school board battles going on night after night in this country, parents standing up and saying enough is enough. 
So I saw this uh, this clip of this teacher on uh, they have this thing called libs of TikTok. I don't know if you've heard this or not. I don't go on TikTok. I think the whole thing is silly. And quite frankly, I just don't have the time. I have three kids, uh, an almost seven year old, a just turned five year old and an 18 month old. I have a radio show, a podcast. I have a wife. I have no time for this. So the last thing I'm going to do is go on TikTok. TikTok. But somebody sent this to me and it was in the New York Post and this crazy teacher who actually said that now any efforts to encourage good behavior is white supremacy. Now think about this in the context of everything I just told you about the indoctrination that happens in schools and why it is that people who want to see Marxism in this country want it to be top-down, dictated top-down. Because if you on the local level can fire a whack job like this, you probably would. But if they can make it so that his job's protected by the union and what he's saying is actually embodied in curriculum on the state level and on the federal level, well, then a guy like this is insulated. He's insulated and so is everybody else along with them. So listen to what this person's saying here. And then think about the time when you were in school. And what I tell my kids in school all the time, I say to them, be good. Listen to your teachers. Respect your adults. Listen to your elders. Just be good. And so you learn. And, and you can't learn if you don't have a disciplined environment. If, you, if the kids are all acting out in class, like we always do when substitute teachers are there, nobody's going to learn anything. So obviously you want there, there to be order in the classroom. How that's white supremacy, that's anybody's guess. But again, you got to take logic out of the equation, just go full on emotion, go full on crazy. And then I guess you can begin to understand what this teacher's saying. Take a listen. Miss April's recent videos about PBIS in which I stated that PBIS is white supremacy with the hug and a lot of y'all wanted to know more about that so here we go. First of all thank you to Jack Copa who um, reminded me that um, Dina Simmons was the first to coin this term so thank you Jack so much. So if PBIS concerns itself with positive behaviors, um, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what are those positive behaviors? And it's things like making sure that you're following directions and making sure that you're sitting quietly and you are in your seat and all these things that come from white culture. The idea of just sitting quiet and being told stuff and taking things in in a passive stance is not a thing that's in with many cultures. So if we're positively enforcing these behaviors, we are by extension positively enforcing elements of white culture, which therefore keeps whiteness at the center, which is the definition of white supremacy. That guy might be teaching your kids. And I don't know about you, but but. I want my kids to listen and be good in class. And I don't know how that has anything to do with white supremacy. None. I have no idea. I still can't grasp it. I still can't comprehend it. But I'm not crazy. That's why. I need my crazy interpreter, my crazy decoder ring, which I was hoping to get last night at the Phillies game. Actually, my buddy had a thing of Cracker Jacks. And uh, they don't even have real prizes in them anymore. They now have this thing where you got to go and there's an app and you got to look up the prize, like of a digital prize. But if I did get a digital crazy decoder ring, I guess I could understand the point he's making. But beyond that, all I can think of is this is just another excuse to try to find an area where just white people are bad again. And just how the white patriarchal uh, heteronormative supremacy. And what, what, are they, what are they really talking about? Capitalism. At the end of the day, the, the one thing that unites all these people is, is really, truly Marxism. That's what they all believe. They might call it different things, Democrats, socialism or something else. But what unites them is they want to destroy capitalism. 
they want to destroy capitalism. They want to have this gigantic Green New Revolution. And what is at the heart of the Green New Revolution, the Green Deal and everything else? Again, Marxism, socialism, communism, all of it. That's what unites them. That's what binds them. And so CRT, critical race theory, and just yelling about white supremacy and seeing white supremacy everywhere you look, all it does is build up a platform in their mind where they can use to destroy capitalism and then just recreate America. Exactly what Mark writes about in American Marxism. So go out and get it so we can get it to number 10 on the bestseller list. For the uh, 10 weeks, I should say, not number 10, number one. Number one, excuse me, for 10 weeks. Got to make sure I get the numbers right. It's kind of late in the night, but you know what I mean. Number one for 10 weeks, baby. That's what we want. 877-381-3811. It's me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one here on The Mark Levin Show. Don't go away. Mark Levin. Three eight one three eight one one here on the Mark Levin Show. Great to be with you tonight. I know Mark's on Parlor and Getter. I'm still on Twitter, at least for now, at Rich Zioli, R-I-C-H-Z-E-O-L-I. Honestly, I just don't have time to start a new platform right now. I'm busy. I have three young kids. It's a lot of time. But I uh, would love to take your th- calls and get your thoughts on this. Let's go to Dana. Hey, Dana, you're on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich. Good night. How, how are you tonight? Doing well. Thanks for taking the call, Rich. Listen to this business about General Willy Nilly Milly aiding and abetting uh, the enemy, a mortal enemy in China. What would happen in our culture, in our economy, in our society, if other executives, people in influential positions of decision making, uh, did the same thing? So, so here, for example, I work in collegiate sports. What would happen if an assistant coach at, let's say, Notre Dame, overheard the head coach? foaming at the mouth, uh, talking about how badly he wanted to beat the University of Michigan. So the assistant coach at Notre Dame calls up his counterpart at Michigan and says, hey, listen, our coach is losing his mind over wanting to beat you guys. I hate to see that happen. That would be ugly. So let me fax you a couple of plays from our playbook just so things can kind of be even. That You just see what would happen if that played out across our culture or if um, – if, if an assignment editor at ABC News is about to go big with a big scoop and at the last second they call their counterpart at a competitor network and say, hey, we got this big story coming. Uh, I want to even things out. So here's all the contact information. I want you guys to have it, too. You could see what would happen uh, if, if that was allowed to happen across our culture and our society. Uh, people would get fired in droves. Yeah, and with this, it's even it's even worse because it's dangerous. I mean, we, we don't know what China could have done in retaliation or what China could have done because they would have thought that the president was weak or incapacitated or maybe they thought the call was really to tip them off or uh, or maybe they thought this was their time to strike. So the difference here is that these things come with very deadly potential consequences. No question about it. I mean, if we had troops amassed and something like that and China got information ahead, that information, General Milley, could put tens of thousands of our troops at, at risk or set them up to be killed. So I don't know how this guy can't be court-martialed if it's true. If it's true, he needs to be, no question about it, and uh, we can't allow this to happen. Hey, Dana, thanks for the call. Appreciate it very much to the Mark Levin Show. Yeah, and look, I, I, I said earlier, and it's funny, too, because— I don't know if this is true, 
Bob Woodward's got this stuff wrong in the past. Like somebody said to me today, is like, why aren't you hammering him more? I think I think I'm doing a very good job of hammering him. I'm also saying that uh, I don't know if it meets the legal definition of treason. We have to figure that out, and the only way we figure that out is by an investigation, which I want, which you should want too. And all we need to do is just see the transcript, and then if this is true. This guy needs to be hammered big time because this can never be allowed to stand. We got a lot more to come on the Mark Levin Show. Don't go away. Mark Levin. America's mentor of conservatism. Call now at 877-381-3811. Let's do that. In fact, 877-381-3811. But before I go to your calls here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli from WPHD in Philadelphia with you tonight. Before I do that, here's a little clip of uh, General Milley talking about China. Now, remember what I said to you at the start of the show today. Everything about this story strikes me as being true because of who he is. He's a guy that believes in the 1619 Project. He's a guy who believes America was founded in racism and slavery, and that's who we are. He's bought into all that BS of critical race theory and wokeism, using all those big buzzwords that the left loves, structural racism, hierarchies, uh, unconscious bias, blah, blah, blah. And uh, when it comes to China, I don't know how anybody could possibly think that China is not our biggest adversary in the world right now. I don't know how anybody could think that. I mean, we heard for, for years that it wasn't Russia until it, it was Russia because of Trump. But it's not Russia. It's China. Everybody knows this. China steals our intellectual property. China does all kind. Now, today, by the way, the new thing is China's claiming that their warships are almost to Hawaii. This is what Chinese state media is putting out, that they're, they're, almost, gonna, they're almost to Hawaii now. And I guess they're just going to sit there and surround us in Hawaii. So just to show you why I don't trust Millie and why I do think the story's true is because it makes sense that a guy like that would actually be sympathetic to China and would want to call them and usurp his own commander in chief. And, of course, all the consequences that go with that, because a guy like him would believe the same thing that the left is spewing on Twitter and, and cable TV and everything else that, oh, Trump's crazy and he's going to start World War Three. It's what people on the left believe. They all believe it, just like they believe the 1619 project and just like they believe we're all being a little too tough on China these days. This is what he said. Take a listen. Uh, China's not an enemy, uh, and I think that's important for people to clearly understand. Uh, China is a rising power. Uh, China has been a rising power t since uh, Deng Xiaoping in 79, and they've been clicking off at 10% growth for you know, almost 30 years, and they dropped down to about 7% last year or two, and they'll probably drop again you know, and come into the range of normalcy and 3 to 5% growth. But that's still significant economic growth. And there's been a really large historic change from a North Atlantic-based global economy to now it's proceeding to be a North Pacific-based global economy. So uh, with respect to China, um, what normally happens historically, it's not in all cases, but in most cases, where you have economic growth of that magnitude typically follows military power. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a, a significant increase in, in uh, Chinese military uh, capabilities over the last uh, 10 to 20 years. 
uh, and uh, they are going to develop themselves and are developing themselves uh, into a great power. That is not to say, however, that they are an enemy. Not to say they are an enemy. So let's think about this now. China's economic power has grown tremendously since COVID-19, which I still believe came from a lab and I still believe is a bioweapon. But think of what China did during COVID-19 to not only lie to the world, to cover up the lab leak and then to make money off of it, to make lots and lots of money by selling us PPEs and everything else. But China is not an adversary. China steals her intellectual property. China does constantly doing military exercises in the South China Sea. China has one of the worst horrific human rights records on the planet. How do you say China is not our adversary? China would love to topple us in a heartbeat. China is not looking to be our partner. China wants to rule the world. They do. And everybody knows that about China, except this woke general. So all these things add up to me to say there's no way this guy didn't do this. But again, hey, look, Bob Woodward's been wrong before. I'll Certainly give him the benefit of the doubt. Easy way to figure this out. Investigate it and show me the transcript. Because the Pentagon said 15 of his staff members were on the call and this was routine. Fine. Where's the transcript? Tell me there isn't one. In this day and age, after everything the president went through with the transcript, the former president, the transcript with Ukraine, you tell me there's no transcript of his phone call with China where he's going to tell them it's all good? Please, I don't buy that for a second. Uh, Terry is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, my hometown, and Mark's as well. Hey, Terry, good after, good evening. Hey, hey, Rich, how are you? Listen, I'll keep it quick. The first point I'd like to make is when they, when they talk about COVID on the radio, the Biden administration, it's a diversion, and you talked about that earlier, okay? But my second point is, in 2009, Biden, Obama, and Susan Rice were in the White House, correct? Uh, yes, yeah. And Okay. And they had to trade five Gitmo guys for the trader. Yeah, for Bill Yeah. Who, who picked the five? The Taliban. That's correct. And who who is still in the White House? Biden and Susan Rice. And I'll I'll let you go. Okay, Terry. Thanks. Have a good night. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one here on the Mark Levin show. Uh let's see here. Uh, Michelle in Bluebell, Pennsylvania. Hey Michelle. Hey, how are you doing tonight? So thank you so much for having me on. I also am an originally Philly girl. Nice. <laughs> you got all the Philly people tonight. Love it. Uh, so anyway, I- I'm calling because uh, as-, as most Americans, we just feel so completely helpless, like there's nothing we can do. Um, and in recent light of the uh, mandate with Joe Biden's, uh, you know, vaccine mandate, you know, with uh, businesses, 100 people or more having to get vaccinated, I feel like we, like, more than ever, we need to come together. Uh, I think that's our downfall. We're not able to come together. The Swamp News can get anything they want out. They can organize their people. Um, I can't, we came up with something called the 100 Million Walkout Movement. Um, we're trying to get everybody who is annoyed with this walkout, I mean, with this vaccine mandate, uh, and, and people who are even vaccinated, you know, they just know this is just like a complete government overreach. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, alien. We need to come together. Uh, this Friday 
is uh, the 17th, is Constitution Day. So we picked this day because we think it's a perfect right for everybody to get out and stand up for their rights. We are encouraging everybody who doesn't want to be vaccinated, doesn't want to be bullied by, by, by this administration, to, to just simply call out of work. Just just call out of work. Um, we can do this. <laughs> I'm not asking you to, like, take up arms like our poor. Yeah, but why call out of work and hurt your – I mean, businesses right now are struggling so hard to find people to just do the job. Why punish your, your, your job? Okay, so we have so there's so many businesses that just you know want to do this mandate even though they don't have to and I don't know why, but it, it's one day you know. Do you know the uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot of I, Michelle. Listen, thank you for the call. I, I appreciate it very much. I I don't know if I can just. You know, a lot of businesses are struggling right now just to stay open. Uh, they've had a very, very tough year. And uh, I mean, I know them. I know these business owners. They're dying and they're just they're having a really hard, hard time with it. I think the better approach would be as employees to make your voice heard and say, no, look, you got to fight this. But it's to punish them for Biden's idiocy. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, I think that's the best strategy, but. You know, that's me. I just I know like, I mean, I've talked to a lot of these restaurants at the Jersey Shore and they're just struggling, literally struggling to just stay afloat right now. And a big part of it has been they just don't have enough employees because you've had all of these policies of paying people to not work. And people are staying home and they're not taking jobs. And you've got jobs. There's I, I talked about this last time I filled in for Mark. It's guy, uh, Mike, who owns a seafood place in the Jersey Shore, owns a couple of them. Actually, this summer, if you ever go to the Jersey Shore and you see the banners that fly by, and he paid for a banner to fly by just advertising people to come to work for him. I see, I see billboards with people trying to get employees. So remember that for a lot of these companies right now, they're, they're trying to understand what the mandate means. They're trying to understand how it affects them. They're trying to see any legal maneuvers that – that might be a play here, but let's make sure that we always aim our, our sights on who's making the policy here, which is, which is Biden. Now, look, if in your job, if you're, if your employer has mandated it and you want to make your voice heard and, and you look, then go ahead, knock yourself out. I mean, you know, do what, do what you got to do. I'm not, I'm not saying not to do that, but I'm saying just to organize a movement around people calling out of work when it may not be your employer's fault. And especially with small businesses, they are they are hurting in a big way right now. This administration has done everything they possibly can to put the thumb on them. You know, you take like my idiot governor in New Jersey, the king, Phil Murphy. He said one time a few months ago, they asked him about extending the unemployment benefits and if he would stop it or if he would make people at least prove that they're trying to get a job. And you know what he said? He said, no, employers are just going to have to pay people more. This is how the left is going to get to their $15 minimum wage. They also want by 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 doing everything they possibly can to keep people from going back to work in this country. They'll achieve the $15 minimum wage because the, the employers will have no choice but to pay people $15, $18, $20 an hour. And you know, my fear is my fear is that uh, they'll say whatever happens this fall and winter with covid. Well, I got to justify more benefits, more handouts. Have you looked at the three point five trillion dollar social welfare bill that they're pushing through right now in Washington? This thing has got you covered from cradle to grave with everything, including more handouts for people.
And there's no incentive for people to work anymore. Honestly, they're taking it away. But that's part of the plan. That's also part of the plan of moving America towards Marxism. Is if you can end people's reliance on their employers for health care and hell, even their wages. And then you make them more dependent on government. This is all part of a plan here. Something that Mark talks a lot about in American Marxism. It's very orchestrated what they're trying to do here. Uh, Brian is in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hey, Brian, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Hey, Rich. Um, maybe you can help me with some confusion I have from that teacher that put out that crazy statement. Sure. The woke teacher who said telling your kids to uh, be good in class is white supremacy. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, because he made the comment that, um, you know, sitting there, paying attention, having respect, those are white traits. Right. Um, does that mean that if you're not white, you cannot have decorum or you might not have decorum or you might not have respect? It's an excellent point you make, my friend. It sounds to me like that teacher's making a pretty racist comment, does it not? It does. It does to me as well. I was kind of confused by that. It's a great point. Why do we suggest that people being good in class, learning, listening, discipline is a white thing? And I'm world traveled, and I've noticed that many cultures, in fact, every culture that I've been to, has had people that have respect and can learn and can pay, pay attention, not just white people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In fact, some countries, it's the discipline is way more intense than in our country. You know what I mean? Way more intense in some of the countries where the people are not necessarily white. Uh, thank you for the call, Brian. Excellent point. Excellent point. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one on the Mark Levin show. Uh, let's see. Ben is in uh, Illinois. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben, you there? Dan. Uh, ben, yes, sir. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, we keep Dan. Sorry, about Dan. Go ahead. Our military. Yes, that's right. We keep talking about our military. It's the mightiest military in the world, and we. Every one of your listeners knows how strong our military is, and that's true. But it's only as strong as the person at top. So, we had President Carter with the. Iran hostage crisis going on. He showed our military. And then the day President Reagan was inaugurated, he showed our military. And what happened on that day? So with uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan under President Trump's uh, negotiated deal, what happened to our military? And what kind of firepower did the Afghans use, the Taliban? Not a one. What did they start doing right after Biden got elected and he, and he was in office? Then you saw the chaos break out. So we do have the strongest, but it's only as strong as the person at top. And the way he showed our military power was he left $86 billion worth of it there, and then he blew up a fan, an innocent family. So that's how he showed our military. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's so true. And now we're, we tell the world we're afraid of the Taliban, and the greatest military in the world uh, has to run away from the Taliban because we're afraid they might hurt us. It's pathetic. Excellent point, my friend. Excellent point. Great calls tonight. Great, great stuff. Excellent. Well, Chris Mark's got an incredibly intelligent audience, as do I, by the way, on WPHT in Philadelphia. And uh, make sure you please check me out there on uh, WPHT and my podcast too. Subscribe to it every afternoon. I give you updates. I start the morning. 
morning show. Then I do the updates as well. And, uh, of course, I listen to Mark every night as well. we got a lot more to say here on the Mark Levin Show. Don't go away. Mark Levin. All right, I got time for a quick call here. I want to squeeze in Kevin from New York City because he's a veteran. Hey, Kevin, good evening. Hey, what's up, buddy? First time caller. Yeah, I'm an Iraq veteran. I served over there with the 101st, and I served in a bunch of other places, but I know time is tight. But I'm just telling everybody, listen, guys, girls, calm down. Every You guys are acting like the left. Emotional. He's innocent until proven guilty. I've been saying that. I know one thing. I've been saying that all show. I've been saying that what we need to do is do an investigation, see the transcript, and let's let's have at it. But we're looking like the left when how like, are we looking you know, like the not, left? Not you, but when you know when the author says something that we think we like. Oh, it's true, and I, I'm not saying you. I've been listening to talk radio all day. People are talking about firing squads. Well, I, I, like, I mean that's a little crazy. Do you agree, though, and, and by the way, God bless you, thank you for your service, but I mean, do you agree with the idea that this can all easily be be proven by just releasing the transcript of the phone calls that he made with China? I do, do, and we'll, we'll get there. Listen, there's other countries where this happened. If it was exposed, people would be dead. We're America. We'll find out. Everybody calm down. <laughs> all right. All right, my friend. Thank you. Have a great night. I appreciate it. And uh, certainly not going to tangle with an Iraq veteran like you. No, really. In all seriousness, you're right. Absolutely. I've said it. Mark said it, too. Bob Woodward's been known to get it wrong. I've been saying all night, you know, look, if it's true and if it's true, it's a problem. But what I can't stop thinking about tonight is the transcript. They keep telling us that 15 people were on the call with him so we can easily put this to bed. By having all this come out, where's the transcript? Trump's transcript with the Ukrainian president got him impeached. Where is this transcript? I want to see it. We can all put this to bed. By the way, I want to give a shout out to uh, Richie V, our call screener, his podcast, This Is America. Make sure you download that as well. Subscribe to that one. It's great. And my podcast, please, Zeoli, Z-E-O-L-I, search for me. You can also listen to me on WPHT in Philadelphia, Mark's hometown. Thanks to my man, Rich, for uh, bringing me back and producing tonight. You have a great night. God bless America. God bless you. Thanks for listening to The Mark Levin Show. Have a great night.